next show, let's flow out. All I see is people ripping. Welcome to a guest in the house podcast. I'm one of your podcast hosts, Mickey Hess. I am your other podcast host, David Tromdig Shanks. I was, um, I think we were both sitting there pausing because we didn't discuss who was uh, leading us in. And um, I'm glad that I. <laughs> The mental telepathy kicked in and you just went ahead and did it. <laughs> hey, man, we trade Maggie. off sometimes. And, uh, Maggie. Maggie and Shanks. <laughs> Referring oh, back man. to our great guest from last time, Mr. Selwyn. Yeah, Charles. yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Uncle Selwyn. That was um, that was a memorable one. I enjoyed that uh, thoroughly. Um, a, 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 a giant of a man, you know, in character. Uh, really yeah, appreciated that. We'll I was to, nervous. Um, where are you? I was like heading into the episode. I I wrote a bunch of questions. I I kind of thought like, what's the best way to approach this? You know, we usually keep it pretty casual, but uh, I was yeah. probably I was more intimidated with the prospect of interviewing him. And then as soon as we got in there, like I barely had to ask anything. He, he was just he ready to talk. Yeah. He was not in an interview. <laughs> He's like a no. force of nature, man. <laughs> yeah, he just jumped right in. I mean, he anticipated anything I was going to ask. You know, I didn't, I wasn't sitting there with the list of unanswered questions. I was listening back and um, we got to a certain point and I'm like, uh, and then you jumped in. I was like, oh, snap. I had forgot. <laughs> You were on yeah, the we, podcast. We can talk you too. were quiet for like a ten minutes. <laughs> I was like, I forgot Mickey was there. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it that's was that's what I wish it more interviewers did, man. Sometimes, sometimes you see an interview and the interviewer is like jumping in and interrupting yeah, and trying yeah. to ask these these follow ups that aren't really central yeah. to the point. Yeah, that the guest is making. But no, I mean, Selwyn just went for it. I think a lot of um, folks. Um, and I guess this is where I'm like a journalism snob, but, um, you know, these folks have these platforms and the platforms are more about them than actually, you know, the topic or the person that they're interviewing. So yeah. it's like, I have these questions. I must get them in. So I'm going to chop and cut and do whatever. And that's mm -hmm. really not what um, a guest in the house is. Uh, if you're a guest in the house, then we, you know, we, we don't have a problem sharing the floor, giving the floor if you have, have something to say. Sure, so man, I thought it was, um, yeah, it was no reason to, um, you know, just let, let them flow. <laughs> let them flow. Absolutely. Oh, man. So in... um. In keeping with, uh, you know, uh, social justice and um, just kind of the reckoning of um, our country and our country's history, we're back at mm -hmm. one of our favorite topics again, the old critical, critical race, race theory? theory drama. Yeah, you know, I almost think we could just change the name of it and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let people fight all they want against critical race theory. We'll just uh, just kind of do our thing and call it something. I mean, different. take them apparently 30 years to catch up with it because nobody was complaining about critical race theory back in its heyday. Well, what you didn't see uh, senators and congressmen railing against well, it. Well, what we are discovering, and um, you're going to um, give us some scholarly discussion on this in a sec but well, this is now just the blanket or umbrella rather for 
mm. anything that speaks to any type of historical <laughs> it's just anything <laughs> that has to do with telling an alternative story to the story that we've been told our entire lives is critical race theory now sure and that's really dangerous because critical race theory is actually a pretty narrow field and you know it's it's influenced other writers and other fields right. but really the the core texts of critical race theory were written 30 years ago um nobody was like if you think that your kids are being taught critical race theory maybe if your kids are in grad well, my, school maybe if your kids are I was going to say school. my understanding is this is like law school stuff this is <laughs> yeah and, and, i mean it, it developed within critical legal right, studies right right folks like Derek bell um you know folks like paul butler picked it up and ran with it um Kimberly Crenshaw, right. um, Cheryl Harris, who's Earl Sweatshirt's right. mom. She wrote a great piece that fits within critical race right. theory. But it's it's a handful of scholars. And most of what people are complaining about and calling critical race theory doesn't have much to do with it at all. Right. So that's, that's what I thought I we'd talk it's, about today. It's becoming that that umbrella for just anything having to do with anything <laughs> that says, sure. hey, man, you know, you guys did some bad stuff back in the day, and that mm. stuff still permeates in our society now. All of that becomes yeah. critical race theory. <laughs> right. And that's where that, yeah. as we spoke about in uh, previous episodes, this whole tie-in with that and the 1619 Project. They kind of marry those together mm -hmm. and say, all of that race stuff, all of that white people did bad yeah. stuff back in the days, and it may still be going on now in, you know, structurally. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about any of that. Now, we'll get into some of the trainings that have been going on and mm -hmm. just some of the stuff that... <laughs> I could say maybe a little, uh, I don't know what the word is, hokey, pander-ish. Silly. <laughs> yeah, silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you read interviews with the folks who created critical race theory, like Kimberly Crenshaw, yeah, she's the first to say, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> so, some of these diversity trainings, these are not at all where we hope this would and, go. And um, we'll get into why that may be occurring. But let's start sure. again. Mm hmm with you know as best of a cliff notes kind of synopsis mm. of what critical race theory should be <laughs> or is as it was you know coined 30 years ago okay so i saw someone had reached out to michael harriet who writes for the root.com and uh several other places he's, he's well known in uh circles of folks who write about mm -hmm. race and somebody had tweeted him and said can you break down crt mm -hmm. critical mm -hmm. race theory and a thread please and his response was this is damn near impossible it's like asking can you briefly explain how the universe mm -hmm. works <laughs> but then he went on to say however there are some things people should right. know and he goes into just like the core basis i guess the core tenets of critical race theory so he says basically first of all you should know that critical theory and these are michael harriet's words from his thread on twitter june 11th first of all you should know that critical theory as a tool for examining social structures has been around for more than a century 
Broadly put, no social structure is perfect, and all social structures must be examined. So you stop right there, and this is my commentary on Harriet. Um, you stop right there. Nobody can really have much of a problem with it, right? right. No social structure is perfect. Um, you take a guy like Rand Paul. Um, he complains about all kinds of social structures. He might not like to see them reshape the same way that you or I would, but he complains about social right. structures. So. Central concept, no social structure is perfect, and all social structures must be examined. That's tough to disagree with, right? So then Michael Harriet goes on, and we know that when you examine or critique something, and critique is in quotation marks there, especially a society, the critique is never objective. Mm -hmm. It is always colored by the perspective of the observer. Right. I know this sounds like someone something someone says when the edible kicked in, he says, but here's an example. And then he goes on. This is where he kind of addresses the, the controversy of Nicole Hannah-Jones' 1619 project, uh, which we'll, we'll speak more about in a few minutes. But Harriet says, everyone knows America was founded on July 4th, 1776. I don't think there's any debate about that. And then he says, except there is. <laughs> 1776 was just the year a bunch of white guys wrote a breakup letter to King George saying the American colonies were tired of being England's side piece. <laughs> but that was on June 7th, so America didn't become a country then. The Declaration of Independence wasn't even signed until August after the Revolutionary War had been going on for over a year, and the war lasted until 18, or 1783, and the Constitution wasn't ratified until June 21st, 1788. How was America founded before we became an official country? Mm. In fact, for years, Jefferson and Adams disagreed on the July 4th thing. In his papers, Adams told his wife it was July 2nd. So <laughs> what happened? Basically, no one remembered. Mm. And I think that's, that's a very basic example, right? You take something that's an established fact. Mm -hmm. We agree. America was founded on July 4th, 1776. But then when you just look at the basic facts surrounding it, it's a little more complicated, right? And all we're talking about is a date. Right. You could do the same thing with, with Christmas being December 25th, right? Right. So it shows how quickly you can unravel something that's taken as an accepted fact, right? Right. Now you move forward, and I, I'm going to leave Michael Harriet alone for now. I encourage everybody to go check out his work, check out his Twitter page. I will uh, put up a link because I really like this guy's work. Um, but what I would say is you can really build from that simple example he gave, right? Critiquing what everybody accepts as established fact. That's what critical theory Critical does. theory in itself, yeah. Critical theory, yeah. And really about anything within academics, right? Right. I mean, if education is a search for the truth, right. if more than anything, we want students to learn how to process information, recognize good information, and ask questions about that information, right. we want everybody doing this. So we're critiquing, I mean, what, we're critiquing theory. Critiquing theory. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, right? Mm -hmm. So you take anything that's an established, <clears throat> agreed upon fact. And you examine it just a little bit, you think, oh, okay, so it was actually pretty arbitrary to call it July 4th. You call Independence Day July 4th, America's right. birthday. Right. Um, you can do the same thing with hip-hop's birthday, August 11th, 1973, right? Um, the right. day that Cool Herc and his sister Cindy Campbell threw this block party at the rec center. 
Um, we've come down to calling that the birth of hip hop, but but there is a lot going on leading up to that. Correct, and there's um, still um, arguments uh, between sure. um, when the um, oh my gosh, Zulu Nation um, celebrates, I believe, mm. in 1974. Sure, that was a little bit of a you know, I don't want to say schism between Africa Bambada and Kubrick, <laughs> but there's been debates on whether hip hop sure. began in 1973 and 1974. We generally observe the uh, 1973 date. And you know, who was actually the father of hip hop? Was it Cool Herc? Did we have three founding fathers? Was it Bambada, Grandmaster right. Flash, and Cool Herc? And then you, then you say, right. well, what about DJ Hollywood? Um, right. Then you get into like, um, yeah. The, you know, you're talking about the guys like the last poets or um Sure. What's the, Watts what's Prophets? The, what's the guy? Gil Scott um, Heron? Yeah, uh, what's the guy? Pig Meat Markham or something. What's what's the guy's name? Pig Meat Markham, yeah. yeah. Red Fox, exactly. right? Exactly. Muhammad Ali. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people get really worked up over these disputes. Yeah, and then Caribbean culture and, you know, the DJ and the sure. crash and the toasting and, you know, all of that. I mean, you know, Black. Yeah. And then we spoke about that um, before on the podcast, you know, and just, mm. just kind of the uh, – this universal kind of um, African kind of, you know, rhythm and, in, in, I don't know, intelligence even that just passes from sure. generation to generation. So, like, who really made it up at the end of the day? You know what I mean? But mm. we observe Cool Herc in sure. 1973 as the birthplace of hip-hop for a purpose of really just, you know, marking and celebrating sure time so yeah 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 i mean um we're gonna get into um we're gonna get into juneteenth right eventually um mm -hmm. teaser eventually we got a, a ways <laughs> to go to work back but around to I, it. we will but get the there. thought that i had when you were speaking about july 4th is i'm you know we're celebrating now when um african americans became free but but are aren't we aren't you born <laughs> free so <laughs> sure. whether there's a state or uh, federal mandate that says you are a chattel mm -hmm. aren't you weren't you free the day you decided to be free so <laughs> and even just to look at the date right june 19th well that's that's not the day the emancipation proclamation no. was signed um, that's not the date that the Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves only in the Confederate States. Um, it's the date that a couple years after the end of the Civil War, the final remaining slave communities in Were Texas alerted. found yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? They said, what, two years yeah. ago? And we'll get into that later. But, yeah. but yes, the, the point, I guess, is that we're taking these things that are uh, generally... Uh, and um, what's the, consensually I don't know, <laughs> known to be yeah. fact, and we're just putting a light on it and seeing if the of fact course. holds up to certain critiques. So that's critical theory, and then that mm. being applied to race and the the, the concept mm. and structure, I guess, of race and how that operates, I guess, globally and in this country specifically. 
and are things that are generally understood to be part of racial history, theory, et cetera, how do they hold up to certain critiques? Yeah. So critical race theory, just like you said, it would take this critical theory approach of examining and questioning social structures, even when there's something that is pretty much agreed on and established as fact. You pull in enough threads and see, oh, there's more going on there. There's different versions of this story. There's different start points for this story. And anybody, any writer, any journalist, anybody who works with narrative, you know that it, it really means a lot where you start the story. You know, the the beginning sets up everything there is to come. So if you start a story in the middle, it changes that story. Mm, correct. And that was kind of the, the, the focus of the 1619 project. You know, what if we didn't start the story of America with 1776? What if we started it with 1619 mm. and the arrival of these this certain group of slave or enslaved Africans? So, I mean, I guess we're, we're still not nailing down that definition you know you asked me in a nutshell what is critical race theory so critical race theory you know it started off in legal studies with folks like Derek bell and kimberly crenshaw (laughs) and it's basically taking this critical theory approach as you said but looking at how race is really at the foundation of all these social structures in the u.s right so race is at the heart of banking right Races at the heart of city design and urban planning right. and the interstate system and where they choose to put airports, where they choose to put interstate right. highways. Um, race is certainly at the heart of economics and capitalism. Right. And a lot of people just like some people don't like you giving Cool Herc more credit than Africa Bambata. Um, some people really don't like the idea that race has been that important to American history because right. that's not the story they right. learned. Right. Right. But now what critical race theory is not, and this is what it's been characterized as a lot recently by its critics. It doesn't teach that white people are inherently bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. And more often than not, when you hear pundits and politicians complaining about critical race theory, they're saying that, well, they, they're teaching our kids in elementary school that it's a bad thing to be white right. and they should feel Ashamed, bad about They should it. feel shame and guilt Ashamed. for being white. Correct. And they should apologize. Correct. Correct. And, that, and then an, and then an extension of that, maybe not in schools, but um, mm-hmm. an attack on capitalism as well. Yeah, and as Ibram Kendi, who is one of the the people who gets targeted a lot in right. these complaints, he's the he said that you guy, can't. Right. He's the anti-racist, right. guy. <laughs> and he says you can't be anti-racist without being anti-capitalist. Right, right. And then that just pisses off everybody even right. more. Right? right, right. But that that statement of it of in itself is not a statement of critical yeah. race theory. That's one man's opinion, maybe based on his application of. Yeah some aspects of critical race theory, but that enough. Yeah. Itself, he was certainly influenced correct. by it. He, he cites the originators and his correct. books, but correct. Correct. yeah, it's yeah. And you know, one thing that critical race theory says, and, and Kendi has definitely carried this forward in his work is that racism is natural. Almost it's ordinary. It's not remarkable right. that it's not, that it's almost the default as opposed to, 
something that should surprise <laughs> you or something out of the ordinary. So if you, you can accept that, that racism is the default, racism is ordinary, racism is not remarkable, it makes you start to kind of redefine your definition of what racism mm -hmm. is, right? I mean, is racism one person shouting a slur off their porch right. as a person of another color walks right. past? Right. Um, or is racism that highway system we were talking about? Is racism segregation of neighborhoods that we certainly still see today or segregation of schools? Right. And I think we're, you know, we're talking about um, kind of the, um, we're getting into like the foundation of like our society, right? So you think of like rugged individualism mm. and just, you know, the myth of that and that, you know, we all come here with the same exact opportunity and, you know, pull your mm. boot self up by the bootstraps theory and that whole thing. Right. And so yeah. you get into these spaces where folks um, can't grasp the concept that there are things at the foundation of the um, way this whole thing runs that are like inherently biased you know what i mean it's just like hey wait a minute i didn't do anything <laughs> and you know what i mean so how dare you say i had it easier right right how right. dare you say it's i had anything right. easier because i'm white you don't know where i come right. from right you don't know what my parents did or what kind of struggles right. I and had. In, a, in, in that same vein it's i don't have any issues with black people or people of color mm -hmm. I have never done anything to black people. So mm -hmm. how can this country, you know me, or this neighborhood or this school or this whatever be racist? Sure. I have never said anything or done anything directly. And, you know, that gets back to right. What is racism? And then the fact that mm -hmm. the actual critical race theory can also then be called racist. So, you know, it's like, that's racist. Yeah, right? <laughs> Examining. That's true. And you know, is racist. Exactly. To look at right. is a racist practice, right. Right? right? Racist against white people, reverse racist. Right. right. Let's get into, I mean, you know, and hey, guys, look it up, read. Mm -hmm. um, we'll put as much information in the. Um, credits or whatever they, that's called <laughs> as possible anthony will hook that up so um oh, yeah. you know we we you know we're we're here to discuss we're not you know we're, we're not mm -hmm. saying that you should stop with whatever we say we're just starting start with what yeah. you heard here and read up but um i wanted to get into because now that we have that kind of foundation and that's a super basic super, and that's why i'm telling again. everyone no, to read <laughs> yeah and i wish everyone would you know you should actually if you're going to talk about critical race theory for or against it read a little bit well, of it well you know, like, well that's take a that's, look that's a fact but i guess the question is or the topic is okay what's the uproar then What's going mm -hmm. on in these states 
where these laws are being passed, banning critical race theory from being taught in schools that it was not being taught in, and where we get this exactly. new gradual kind of, um, like we said, it, it's become this umbrella of anything race is critical race theory. So it's a boogeyman, boogeyman, right? and we're not a political podcast, but for the sake of clarity, this is yeah. a conservative-driven, whatever you want to call it, agenda crusade. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So, absolutely, what we've and it goes hand in hand with the push to restrict voting access. It appears so. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. It appears so. It appears so. And a couple of things that came out just recently. Mm -hmm. um, the New Yorker did a really great piece, just came out yesterday. Fascinating. Um, I'm not even going to throw the guy's name out there, but they identified a conservative activist who, you know, they have emails from the guy basically saying, like, I can use this term critical race theory to uh cause this up no, this guy was a to get people this guy agitated. was a documentary filmmaker not mm. politically really engaged on that level in terms of his work right this is kind of his first foray into it and man did and he pull he, it off so he was um he ended up doing a documentary on what Okay, so to just answer your question, this guy had done a documentary on homelessness in Seattle. That was his previous documentary. Right. Um, so he somehow, through doing this, um, through doing this documentary, his views mm -hmm. started becoming more conservative. Then mm. he was he was writing for uh, one of these um, right center leaning um, mm. platforms. And he starts being given these kind of these kind of corporate, corporate anti-bias anti -bias training information, and, and, and um, the article yeah. cites that this is um, kind of one of the uh, new kind of whatever you yeah. would say, one of the uh, byproducts of the quarantine and zoom and being able to record things and screen record yeah. and just your, your the access to be able to spread and disseminate information in a jiffy. And so, so two things laid the groundwork for it. We had George Floyd's murder, true. of course, and the uproar against the police brutality. Um, and of course we had everybody home. So these kind of like, you know, so, so George Floyd's murder prompted a lot of, Corporate, corporate yes, state. We spoke about that, right? Yeah, we are dedicated to being anti-racist, right. and we're going to have you participate in a ten-minute Zoom about implicit right. bias, as if that is going just to so change. you kind of get what we're talking. About. Yeah, yeah, we're going to unracist <laughs> you in a in a two two part and um, half that hour whole training. Idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that whole yeah. idea is totally antithetical to critical race theory. Critical race theory would never advocate for a 15 minute training. Right. Um, and, you know, even Kimberly Crenshaw, who's interviewed in that same New Yorker article that we'll link to, she says, like, yeah, these are just not at all what we were talking about. Right. So this dude. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And people started to send him 
these video training sessions that they were at for implicit bias. And some of them were pretty whacked out. Right. Um, Agreed. It's sort of like there's this trickle-down theory of education, almost the same as trickle-down economics, which we know Mm -hmm. doesn't work. It doesn't work in education either. So you've got right. like the the original text by Derek Bell, Kimberly Crenshaw, Cheryl Harris, Paul Butler back in the nineties. Let's say that was that's critical race theory. Grad students and professors read it, and then you right. hear like a couple of terms from those texts, and they right. make their way out there. Like the term white privilege originated right. in a lot of ways with critical race theory, right. but the way that white privilege gets thrown around and talked about by people who never heard of Kimberly Crenshaw, never heard of Peggy McIntosh, is not exactly very accurate to their writing. Right. So you get this kind of trickle-down sense where people say like, well, I haven't read those books, but I heard a newscaster talk about this. And it turns out, you know, the newscaster hasn't read those books either. (laughs) You've got a lot of people who haven't read these books who suddenly are very very open arms about these concepts that they've never really bothered to go back and read for themselves. Right. 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 So this dude basically starts, I guess, doing research um, regarding these anti-bias trainings and he stumbles, Mm. um, I guess, going up the ladder or down the rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it. He stumbles upon critical Mm. race theory. He he's then, reading the footnotes and the works correct, cited pages and, and the works cited indexes, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. So he decides that this is all, and where I guess where this umbrella comes from, a stems from critical race theory. And yeah. He starts with the you know the articles. Um, he's spreading this out. He lands on our friend Tucker Carlson's show. Mm-hmm. on Fox News. And that's kind of like the moment this becomes a thing, right? He gets a call yeah. from it, our um, former president. Who loves the Tucker Carlson show. Correct. Right? Saw you on there, would love to work C- with you. Correct. And he then assists in drafting an executive order. Mm. And that's kind federal law, federal law, um, prohibiting prohibiting how these things can be discussed. Yeah, and that's kind of the way this originated, right? And that's kind of how this thing blew up. Now here we go. And of course, Biden rescinds it first week in office. He gets rid of this executive order. Right, right. Now we have subsequently um, Trump loses. Senate tips over, Biden's in, Mm -hmm. and we have midterms coming up and a whole bunch of uh, government elections up, Virginia, Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we have this platform now. It's a platform of... We must stop critical race theory in our schools. And they've set up a straw man for critical race theory, right? They, they want to speak against something 
but they're creating this sort of ghost image or straw man image of what it is rather than actually look at critical race theory, examine its arguments, try to refute it with evidence and argue against it with logic. That's a fact. So it, it becomes this buzzword, this boogeyman, and you get all kinds of people trying not only to complain about it, but to enact laws against it. So this is there's a really good article. This is from, and we'll link to this too, this is from an Alabama newspaper, and the title is, from last week, Alabama lawmaker wants to ban critical race theory, so I asked him what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is, they talked to State Representative Chris Pringle, and the guy could not really land on a definition. And, and as you heard from us today, and as you heard from Michael Harriet, who I quoted, it's not simple to really define critical race theory in a couple of sentences. But when this reporter pressed this politician, he said, critical race theory, what is it? And then here's Pringle's quote. It basically teaches that certain children are inherently bad people because of the color of their skin, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the reporter says, that sounded very serious indeed, Nazi-like even. So I asked Pringle if there were any critical race theories he could point to who have been spreading such toxic garbage. Quote from Pringle, yeah, uh, well, I can assure you, I'll have to read a lot more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he says, these people, when they were doing the training programs and the government, if you didn't buy into what they taught you 100%, they sent you away to a re-education camp. And this is Pringle again. The reporter says, Pringle was a little difficult to follow, but this sounded serious. These people, whoever they were, sounded terrifying. And if there are re-education mm -hmm. camps operating in America, that would be big news like someone like me should get to the bottom of. I asked Pringle, who were these people? And of course, it goes on. Uh, he can't exactly identify who he's talking about. He refers to a good article he's read. And then when the reporter asked him to send it to him post-interview, he emails back and said he couldn't find it. He must have lost it. Wow. <laughs> so this is very dangerous. I mean, I'm laughing because the article reads like a satire. Right. Um, that could have come from The Onion, right? But... It's dead serious and it's scary too, because if you can't define what critical race theory is, but you're pushing a law against it, it could be anything. So like if I go into my literature class as a professor, if I want to teach a James Baldwin short story or a Tony Cade Bambara short story, um, black authors, black characters, certainly the topic of race and society comes up. Is that critical race theory? That was a short story, right? What if I want to teach a Claude McKay poem? Um, if I want to teach a, a Poor Righteous Teachers song, am I teaching critical race theory because I'm teaching art that addresses it race? It appears so. It appears so. Um, just for uh, just to note, yeah. um, as I'm listening to you and mm. doing my Googles, right, just so that we can provide some, you know, sure. further. We've got, uh, looks like, 22 states with uh, proposed legislation right now yeah. and um, currently uh, Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, Texas, and Tennessee. Um, so this has caught on like I'm not sure the time for... of, okay, this is fairly recent because I know Florida Pretty has recent. something going on too. I think Florida has it in place. And Georgia um, is definitely another one. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Wisconsin, Rhode Island, uh, I mean, 
you know, mm-hmm. this this thing has caught on like wildfire now. And there's a lot of propaganda now, behind it. It's all propaganda, Mickey. It's a it's it's it's, it's a complete I mean propaganda in a very literal yeah, sense. Well, yeah. But I mean it's a it's really a um it's sad because mm. you know, we're at such a um critical moment in this country, as you know, we've all witnessed and seen. And, you know, we just, we really, really just on, on either side or no sides, wherever you stand, um, politically or, you know, in this country, you're really not getting your money's worth. And it's really unfortunate because to, to create this, this is just pandering to a, to Mm -hmm. a base the same base that, you know, uh, still wants Trump in office and la yada yada yada. Sure. This is just basically want creating, to vote. I think you said boogeyman. Yeah. To galvanize a base for the same insecure reasons that they've been running with for the last, I, I don't know. 12 years now, eight years of Obama backlash. Certainly since the prospect of Obama getting elected. When Obama entered the race, we started to see nooses pop up all over the country. So this has, this has, this has brought to the surface, because we're not going to say brought back to life. It was never dead. Brought back to the surface, this visceral kind of, we're losing our country thing, right? Make America great again. Mm-hmm. This whole that that's why I said it's all propaganda because again, I have not heard or seen anyone on the uh side of banning this thing give any type of articulate mm-hmm. explanation for what it is. You sent me a clip with um Mark Lamont Hill um and vernon jordan right on black news network vernon jordan who's running for lieutenant governor in um georgia right Mm -hmm. uh i guess i should note he's a um, african-american gentleman and Mm -hmm. his tweet was paraphrasing the first thing i will do the first when i'm elected is put anti-critical race theory legislation into that's that's your priority bro yeah there's no bigger fish to fry and they do it every every Mm. election cycle they just create this thing that has Mm. nothing to do with anything you know you've got these parent organizations now the um i will say the executive order that uh trump put in place was not school related that was um the federal employees were not um it was about yeah, federal no training being trained in in anti and right. white privilege training and whatever <laughs> so and then it's leaked into this whole school thing now because um as a backlash to what we talked about um with the 1619 project being introduced into certain public school systems uh-huh. 
And then they just basically created this monster out of nowhere because no one was yeah. introducing um, critical race theory into any of these school systems. Yeah. But the dangerous yeah, I mean, thing, you, like you, you mentioned... Said, Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say yeah. the dangerous thing is what you said, where you got it. it's now becoming anything. Anything. You know, if I give a book list of black authors, that's critical race theory now. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just looking, I just typed in critical race theory on Google and click news. Now, you could basically, if you just take the phrase critical race theory and just put, say, let's say race education, education about race. So if you replace that phrase with this phrase and these headlines, you'd have CNN, mom gets emotional during heated forum on teaching race or Mm -hmm. education about race, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, education about race is as racist as Klansmen in white sheets. Mm -hmm. The right is panicking over education about race because really that's what they're talking about. If you can't define critical race theory that you want to see banned, you're talking about any education about race. I haven't seen any of them articulate an alternative. Like, How would you like us to teach the history of race in America? It's the same thing as the uh, pushback, excuse me, against Obamacare. Mm -hmm. And then when, you know, yeah. Asked when asked Even what naming the, it um, Obamacare. Yeah, my point. I was gonna. I was gonna say that when oh, asked it, what the it. American Care Act, <laughs> mm, and it's like I see where you're going. No, Obamacare. It's like, but yeah. you do know that you have that, right? Like you currently. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't. I don't have. I don't have no Obamacare. It's yeah. like, no. That's that's Not what me. your insurance is, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same things. So Was just like anything now is critical mm-hmm. race theory. And so to truly debate something, you got to agree on the definition, right? No, right? you don't debate one. You just got to be loud. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> unfortunate? Man? You just got to be loud now. You know what I mean? And then if we can't even agree on what something means, how the hell are we going to solve any problems? Yeah. yeah. And that's that, that's where I said, I'm it's sad because these guys don't want to solve any problems. Mm-hmm. They just want to keep, there you keep go. their positions. Yeah, and you mentioned the Verdon Jordan and Mark Lamont Hill, which descended into a screaming yeah. match. All all Mark Lamont Hill asks is, I see you're you're against critical what race theory. Could you, you define it? it no, for you me? define it. That that was the response. Yeah. Like they, it just turned <laughs> into the it. sixth grade all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't have to define anything. That's that tells me you don't I know. don't have to define it anything. What do you know? <laughs> you define it. Yeah, I mean it was it was really Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he got so defensive, like his voice was raising up. I don't have to define anything. Yeah. yeah. You called me on here. <laughs> listen man and then they cut off his yeah, mic listen man oh. listen man all because now yeah mark lamont hill is a uh professor um <laughs> bookstore <laughs> owner author. author um yeah i i and has written, I'm sure, on critical race theory <laughs> more than once. He, he, he's talking about, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's that's the sad thing, bro. That it's just a complete propaganda show, and just a yeah. thing that has been created 
to further the agenda of some folks mm. that some are some are actually white supremacists. They they are card carrying. Mm. Some of them just are going with the wave that keeps them in office. Sure. And, you know, the point and, you made with Vernon Jordan, there are several black folks who are not in favor of critical race theory in this form, at least being taught or, in school. Or reparations for that matter. But um, sure, <laughs> that's another conversation. But but it's yeah. all tied in. Or, I mean, yeah. it's tied into the um, it's tied into the um, removal of monuments. Um, mm-hmm. It's tied into the renaming of um, schools. I was listening to a, um, a NPR segment the other day riding Voss to school and um they had a conversation about a uh I guess like a Robert E. Lee school down in Florida somewhere. Mm. And they had yeah. like two alum two alumnus one on the side of getting rid of it, both um both white. One on the side of getting rid of the name, one on the side of um keeping it. And you know it's just the same conversations like hey, look this is going too far this is my history this is my tradition i played sports there and sure. you know the other ladies just like can you take a minute to think about the black kids who attend the school now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. forget about let's, how let's you look at feel the present. about your high school sure. alma mater. Like, how do you think those mm-hmm. kids now? Because now it's a now it's a seventy percent black school. It wasn't in seventy whatever when you graduated, but now it is. And you know, it's this all tied in. This is just kind of like you're going too far. That's the that's the sentiment, right? You're going too far. This is too far. Sure. I don't send my kid to school to learn that. Black people invented a bunch of stuff and got a raw deal in the history books. That's just not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about any of that. I want to hear exactly what I was taught. Now, do you hear, I know I have heard, and I wonder from your experience, have you heard black parents complain or even, I just guess, critique the fact that when race and the history of race is taught in schools, that it teaches black children that they have been oppressed. I have never, I have, I have, I haven't heard much of that. I, and, okay. Uh, unfortunately, and this is something that I would defer to um, family members and, and close friends of mine who are in education in um mm-hmm. you know predominantly black systems the complaints i hear about them are just parent engagement altogether so i don't know okay. how much these parents know what of what their kids are being taught unfortunately in many mm-hmm. of these school systems and i think that's been you know that's been the easy way out for a lot of these school systems for a long time the parents the parent lack of parent pushback yeah you know what a lot of these discussions the reason i ask this is because they talk about how talking about the history of race 
hurts the feelings of white kids. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, from, from conversations I've had, from books I've read, from music I've listened to, I have heard black Americans express how it felt to be a black student in a third grade class mm -hmm. and learn that history of slavery. Mm -hmm. And I don't hear many voices talking about that effect well, when they speak against critical race. Theory. Yeah. 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 There was um, Nicole Hannah Jones who founded the 1619 project. She posted a video and I've seen her making the rounds on, you know, Daily Caller has been putting it out there and stuff. They found a video of a black dad at a school board meeting in Illinois. And he is all up in arms against critical race theory. Right. And, you know, a lot of these sites, you know, it's, it's the Candace O1 effect. Oh, yeah. Um, right? yeah. A lot of these straight up white supremacist organizations love to bring a black speaker oh, into the fold and say, well, see, he agrees nothing, with us or she agrees nothing, with that's us. Their, that's their go-to. They love That's it. their go-to. And there's always one of us um, ready <laughs> to volunteer our services. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, there is a, there is a um, segment of our population um, um, our being African-American who just wants to be seen as an American, mm -hmm. period, point blank. America okay. first. Stop with the black stuff. Stop with the, you know, I'm just an American. Mm -hmm. And um, some of it is... Uh, I guess through some ignorance and some of it is really like a, you know, overarching, just kind of like, Hey, we, we're all here. You know what I mean? We should be in harmony and I don't want to be divisive. I want to be inclusive and I'm American. Yeah. That's, naive? that's the old assimilation Du Bois approach, right? Yes. Naive. Sure. Misguided, maybe, but I get it. You know, I sure. get it. Not my stance, but I, I get where yeah. someone in this space who's comes from a certain um space in life who may have um been given certain opportunities or may have worked very hard and achieved certain things. You know, your um Clarence Thomases of mm. the world. Your uh, sure. Yeah, and it just hey, look, I did it. Um, I was thinking of um, my man, who's the uh, who was the secretary of HUD, <laughs> our, Ben Carson, one of our heroes. Yeah, <laughs> who became the yeah. secretary of HUD. Yeah, Ben Carson, right? Like, mm, came from yeah. you know a, a similar background um, to a lot of Detroit. us, and you know got himself. You know, uh, you know whether he was really stabbed or not is the is is, is debatable. But you know, <laughs> got himself to where he got himself to, and it's like, hey, look, sure. I'm American. You know what I mean? I share. But look, I get it. And so the 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 um, the examination of our origins in this country 
becomes an uncomfortable thing for them because it becomes an uncomfortable thing for their white neighbors. And so it's and like then you see those white neighbors point to a Ben Carson and say, well, how can you say racism exists or how can you look, say racism look, is typical? Because look at Ben Carson. Right back to our individual. He thing. did it. Right back to our individual. And if thing. he did it, he can why do can't it. you? Why can't you? <laughs> right. And, and this was the dad in the video from Illinois, the black dad at the school board meeting. He said, quote, yeah. how do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? Mm-hmm. And Nicole mm-hmm. Hannah Jones posted a response, a fake quote from Frederick Douglass for satirical purposes. Frederick Douglass, how is slavery a problem if I ran away and got free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the individual success story doesn't really negate the problem or wipe out the problem, does it? Right, right. But I think that's where the... uh critical comes in right and yeah. i think that um critical thinking is not something that is often taught in um our public school systems they all claim to um, teach it I, would, <laughs> I don't know if they do yeah but they don't they teach read this nah. recite it yep. <laughs> read this recite it get graded that's what they teach and but, you've got um, a lot of teachers afraid yeah. to lose their jobs if they really teach that's critical thinking because if you teach critical thinking you have to allow for some dispute and some debate Correct. you have to expect maybe a fifth grader goes home and says you know you guys mom and dad you've always told me it's like this but today they presented this other take and i think maybe this makes sense to me and then you got parents on the phone to the principal. You got parents on the phone to the superintendent. How dare you teach my kid that it's like this? We believe this way in my house. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, teachers are under attack, and this is the latest battle for sure. I Correct. mean, the, the sad thing is, is plenty of teachers who were dedicated to teaching an anti-racist text even just say one book they're going to stop and reconsider it this summer right even if their school hasn't cracked down on it even if their state hasn't cracked down on it you're going to have teachers black white latino asian thinking about going in and saying like man i don't know i don't know if i want to teach that piece from nicole hannah jones i just don't know if i want to invite that level of criticism and risk my job correct and that's really the saddest part of this whole thing it is it is. Well, the is. saddest part is the kid who doesn't get the lesson because of that teacher's fear and the intimidation. It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the clock, and I okay. want to get into, um, you know, I don't know what solutions, but I want to get into kind of re- resolve, mm. solutions, but Let's pause there. Mm-hmm. And let's pick Make this it up. a two-parter? Yeah, in part two. Let's call and this then, one a two-parter, because yeah. I don't think we can jump straight to solutions from here. Because I, I have a question. I have a question. Okay. Because, you, okay. Know, you know, I think we know where I stand, and I think my listeners know where I stand. On one of our early episodes, you know, I discussed kind of my... um my proposal of um <laughs> black uh folks strongly considering educating 
their children on their own to like the sixth grade. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I look at this and I see 22 states with legislation on the books and in some way, shape or form, and I say, what is the future of our um, K through 12 education if these states get these critical race theory bans put on the table? Mm-hmm. I'm advocating for what little history is being taught being expanded because we know nothing of our history before we washed on these shores. So even 1619 being the beginning of America is not the beginning of black people. So we'll never get to that. If we can't even talk about us being here and we talked about, you know, how it's not mandatory. There no, it's all elective. It's all, if you feel like learning something about some black history, or African history when you get to college or grad school, right? You'd have to literally take Uh that track, even you being an English um, doctorate holder, having really no um, mandated kind of syllabus where you had to take any Black literature courses. If I wanted to avoid it, I could have done it so easily. Right, and so where do we go? That's where we'll start part two. And then we'll get into Juneteenth and and all that stuff, too. All that stuff. Yes. Yes. All right. So come back for part two. Come back for part two, guys. Sorry you'll have to wait a uh, week and a half. Two weeks. weeks. Something (laughs) like that, yeah. Uh, But, hey. Maybe everything will get solved in between between that episode. Like we solved uh, racism um, a few months back. Uh, he wants yeah. back. Yeah, we had, a, we had a cake and everything. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, um, all right. To, be, to continued. be continued. This has been a guest in the house podcast. I am David Tromdig Shanks, and I'm Mickey Hess, and we'll see you for part two soon. There you go, Mickey, Mickey Shanks, and Mickey. <laughs>